Podcast One Production. Welcome to Brand New World, a podcast series designed for marketers. Hi, I'm Russell Howcroft, Chief Creative Officer at PwC Australia, and I, along with Southern Cross Stereo, have a passion for building brands and businesses. The COVID-19 global pandemic has created insane disruption across the world, none more so than in the marketing industry. We're being forced to find new ways to build brands and communicate to our customers as their behaviour changes to adapt to what we're calling the new normal. This podcast series will help you find opportunity amongst the chaos. Throughout the series, we'll talk to experts in the industry about how they're adapting to a brand new world. As the host, my role will be to tease out the insights, creativity and lessons that will help us all get through this together and most importantly, keep your brand and business in good stead for the future. The good news is we're not all screwed. There is opportunity. Joining us today on Brand New World is Justin Graham. Justin is the newly appointed CEO of MNC Saatchi. Of course, MNC, one of the great agency stories. We'll get on to that. We're going to talk about how big brands step up, move quickly and reap the rewards. Justin, welcome to Brand New World. Russell, thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. Now, listen, newly appointed, so six weeks in the seat, that makes you a COVID appointment, which, you know what, there wouldn't be too many people that have become the CEO of a significant organisation midway through a pandemic. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good claim, I guess. Um, I was In some ways, the COVID experience for me was going to be uh, getting a new hobby and spending more time outside and spending time with the kids, but it's certainly been um, an intense period of time and it's one I've thoroughly enjoyed. MSC Saatchi Pride's succession planning um, as one of its um, pieces around stable leadership and as, you know, as a business, we turned 25 this year. And I'd been with the business for six and a half years and we'd been working through what that process would look like in taking over from my predecessor. Uh, and that was accelerated actually going into COVID. We made the decision that it was a time for new leadership and for me to, I guess, own the decisions that we'd have to make through this time. Some significant decisions around the viability of the business and around our partnership with our clients. So that was brought forward. I'm very thankful for that and, and thankful for the team around me that have supported me. It's been a lot of fun so far. That's nice to hear that it's been fun. That's good, Justin. Sincerely, that is awesome. Now, you must have some great partners in terms of business partners within the MNC world. So at a time like this, you're going to have, a, you're going to have to have strong CFO relationships, strong HR relationships. I'm presuming that within the structure of MNC, you're talking to the Northern Hemisphere a bit as well. So just explain to us a bit of your support structure? Yeah, good question. I think there's, we are a great network or a network of creative entrepreneurs. We pride ourselves, actually our positioning is home to the creative entrepreneur. And we're a, a network that has always come together physically over the time that I've been with the business, probably prioritising that more than any other advertising business I've ever been a part of. So that's obviously something we can't do at the moment. And that's been replaced with weekly calls. Unfortunately, being the Southern Hemisphere, that doesn't help with sleep patterns. But it's certainly great to feel connected and to to hear what people are doing around the world because we're all going through it, right? We're all going through similar experiences. And on a local level, we've got a fantastic team here, a great leadership team of uh, people that run different parts of our business that come together around our biggest clients and serve them as as one entity. Uh, And it's been a time, you mentioned the CFO, operations lead, it's been a time that potentially the people that don't often get the plaudits in our industry have absolutely risen. And I think the last 12 months, the work that they've done here 
in turning us into a fully mobile business, fully cloud-based, able to work from anywhere, almost happened uh, behind the scenes. And then that day that we had to send almost 500 people home and say, well, we've still got to service the biggest, some of the biggest clients in Australia, they didn't miss a beat. And so for that, I'm, I'm eternally grateful. Fantastic. And of course, that new way of working, which we've all been warming up to, all of a sudden we have to do it overnight. And it's great to hear that your tech people got you in good shape straight away. That's that's really awesome. Not everyone's been as you know as COVID ready as that. So congratulations. So now, Justin, good on you, CEO MNC Sachi. That is awesome. So tell us about you. How did you get to that place? So I've been in the business, as I said, for about six and a half years. My previous role was as a partner and chief strategy officer, working very closely with my predecessor James Leggett and. You know, I, I, it's interesting. I started life as a management consultant. So I started life with the now defunct Arthur Anderson when that existed. So it was actually a real company to the junior people in my business. They just think it's a movie or a case study that you learn about now. But I, I started there as a graduate. And so no, it was real. It was real, very real. And I started there and I feel like I was absolutely schooled on the commercial side of, of professional services at a very young age, and I feel very lucky to have done that. My challenge uh, at that time in the industry, and you'll have a perspective on this, Russell, was around the lack of creativity around solving those problems. And back then, it was very much an audit firm that had moved into consulting. Uh, and I loved the structure, I loved the rigor, but I wanted to throw myself into creativity. So I found myself in advertising. I got my first job, uh, and I was appointed by one of your media partners, Todd Sampson, at, at Leo Burnett, and I became, I guess, his project to go and how do you turn a business thinker into a creative thinker and I took on this role of a planner uh, and that then took me over to the States for a period of time, um, back here with a great firm, Droga 5 and then into M&C Saatchi. Sensational, Justin. And look, that Droga 5, let's give them a shout out. What a great business story that one is, yeah? It's a great story of this Australian bullish pragmatism uh, and the wonderful art of creativity and common sense, I would say. And David Droga is just a phenomenal leader uh, and a magnetic personality to be around. And uh, as I've always said, he had the ability to attract great talent and, and continues to this day in the work shows. It's, it's phenomenal. MNC Saatchi, great story. Great brands. I mean, really from the outset, you've been dealing with some of Australia's biggest businesses. So Optus, CBA, Woolworths. I mean, incredible brand, even Tourism Australia. You deal with big brands. We have all had this shock this pandemic COVID shock. So tell us about how you at MNC Saatchi have partnered with brands, these brands. Tell us about the discussions, the advice. Tell us about the partnerships. We're very fortunate to work with those brands, Ross, exactly as you said. And you know, we almost look on the 50 years actually since Morris and Charles Saatchi started their, their business and we heard about this name Saatchi and then 25 years later they start MNC Saatchi. And my predecessors had always wanted to work with the most influential brands in Australia. And you really feel the, the bleeding edge of, of society and understanding people across multiple demographics. And that's come, come to the fore through COVID. So, you know, the time where a pandemic sweeps through us and we're all unsettled, there's almost three things that we need. We need food. We need to uh, know what to do with our money and that we're going to have enough money in the bank. To, to support our families, et cetera, and we want to communicate. And so for us, having Woolworths, Combank and Optus within our stable has been phenomenal. It's really put us very close to 
understanding the changes, almost the daily changes that have happened in Australia. And so we very quickly sat down with all those clients as we would every day and we worked very different models across those, those different businesses uh, and talked about how we were going to approach this period overall. And one thing that I think MNC Saatchi, well, I know MNC Saatchi is very famous for, is its big brand platforms. Yes, can, wire pick woolies, big cultural phenomena that have driven great value into those businesses over a long period of time. And so when the metaphoric shit hits the fan and you've got to go and get new work out there very quickly to guide people around how they can even walk into a supermarket to help people towards how they can pick up their benefits through ComBank or just to understand how much data they've got, you can move very quickly into those brand platforms and they give you a very, very clear view on how you're going to approach it. Uh, And I think the work, and I'm very proud of the work that's come out over the last 12 weeks, the work has been exceptional considering the challenges that we've had. So the tension's always around speed and quality because obviously the fast turnaround that's required at times like this in terms of the creative work can tend to lead to work, i.e. creative work that's not the best. So how have you managed to deal with that tension? Look, I think there's there's probably been phases, Russell, as we've gone through this. The first phases were very much around utility. I think, as I said, Woolworths just wanted to make sure people felt safe going into the store and just the fact that we had hand sanitizer, the fact that delivery was going to happen in, in those areas. And then you start to move to what's more optimistic, I guess, verging on brand building work to that point, all coming out of the same DNA, all coming off the same brand platform, but working towards how we're going to start moving people out of it, how they should think about this period. You know, real action behind that, where it's Woolies um, opening up their uh, early morning hours for people that were less fortunate to be able to get into stores, so the elderly or the disadvantaged in many ways, the Commonwealth Bank going out and really prioritising how people are going to get information around the benefits available them to the government. Um, but we had to do it, as you said, in rapid speeds. And it's as much on our business as it is on those marketing teams, actually in this situation, all the way up to the chief executive, in some cases the boards, to be approving that work in a short space of time. So there's some learnings coming out of this period that we'll take forward, absolutely, around where we need to prioritise time because it's not all about speed. Some of it absolutely still needs the thinking and the quality time to, to process and have, think how we're going to show up. But definitely in other parts, it's how do you sit there and say, this needs to be 80% right as opposed to 100% right. And actually getting it to market, the speed to market is the KPI as opposed to necessarily the quality, which it would normally be in a different world. So us ad people, we, we, know, we know that if you spend money in a downturn, if you buy in inverted commas share of market, share of voice, that you do slingshot out of it in, in a better place. So there's case study upon case study that that's the case. So ad people, we you and I can talk about that and we can nod at each other and we go, yep, that's absolutely true. Winning the argument in the boardroom is the issue. So tell us about, well, the victories or tell us about how you construct the argument. Tell us about the discussions that you're having with clients around these downturns do provide brands with opportunity. Yeah. Advertising people love citing those studies and luckily they are true. And we know that they are true. And some brilliant people over the years have continued, continued to prove that out. And so we've certainly used some of those those key cases uh, in our conversations with clients and prepped the CMOs in particular to go and have those conversations up the chain. I think in, in many ways, there's the businesses that had to go and spend just to keep up with demand. There's some of those I just I just spoke about. 
you've been pretty lucky. You've got a few, right? <laughs> you know, so it's, it's not it's handy if you've got uh, Woolworths, CBA, Optus as the you know three pretty significant pillars in your business. But presumably, you can learn from them and you can apply that to other clients. Yeah, absolutely. And in saying that, uh, y- yes, we have been lucky, but they have absolutely lent into brand and recognised the role that brand can play across their organisation. And as I would say. Fortunately, and this is where I really praise my teams and, and the teams within those clients, is they have been building the brand story as a brand system for years. So it wasn't a new conversation that we all were all of a sudden sitting in our living room, you know, our work from home basis, trying to sell ideas through. They knew the power of the brands all the way to the board level across all those three organizations, I would say. But I was, what I was going to say was I think some of our other clients uh, have had bullish brilliant CMOs that have recognised that opportunity. And as you know, Russ, it's so much around the personality, around recognising that and being able to go and sell that through. And I think the work that Tourism Australia has done has been exceptional around the year that they've had from the bushfires into floods, into a pandemic, et cetera, closed domestic borders and how we're going to come out of it. And even an organisation like TAB as well, which you know is really the only wagering business in Australia that has the physical and the digital and was able to transition those people into a digital environment very quickly and see the results from that. Look, you just mentioned Tourism Australia. Um, I was going to get to that at the end, but given we're talking about it now, let's let's talk about it now. So the Kylie campaign, that was just, it was a beautiful piece of advertising. I, I absolutely loved it. And then, of course, we um, we had a very unfortunate period, though, didn't we, with regard to where Australia was in a new cycle. Well, we had bushfires and the whole world thought that the country was burning. So you were going to really struggle to sell a ticket. What are you going to do with Kylie? Are you going to roll her out again? Look, we're having ongoing discussions around that piece. Um, look, Kylie was brilliant for that one period of time. <laughs> for, for 90 seconds. <laughs> That's right. Look, I think Tourism Australia is fortunate to have a lot of people that lean in to give their brand through, I guess, a national pride around helping Australia. It never has Australia needed more help in the space around tourism at the moment. And never has it probably a strategy shifted as well. It wasn't that long ago that we were talking about the remains of Brexit, what that had had done to the UK, the need for high-value travellers in the UK to want to come out to Australia and have, you know, have a different perspective around life and how quickly we've had to shift to focusing on the domestic market. And then the domestic market closes down because we can't have interstate travel. And now everything's starting to open up again. It's how does that brand continue to show up? And you know, so much of what they've done over the last eight to 12 weeks has been in a virtual environment. And really the generosity of the Australian brand giving to people through social media, whether it be partnerships on Facebook or other means as well, around keeping it top of mind that actually we have this wonderful, wonderful country down here and advertising can actually point people towards that. And there will be a time getting back on planes, enjoying that experience as well and going and probably connecting in a different way to what we did pre-COVID. So it's interesting for me when I think about Brand Australia or let's, or Tourism Australia, it's a classic long and the short of it opportunity. If we think through the conversations that, we again, we all have with our clients around brand investment, let's call that 60%, 40% short-term investment. But clearly right now, there's a very interesting opportunity for Brand Australia, Tourism Australia, to do pure brand building communication, to hopefully generate some demand at the point at which people are allowed to get on planes. Is that a possibility? Is it a possibility for you to use this as a potential case study, Justin, where you say, you know what, 
people couldn't buy tickets to come to Australia, but we still continued to invest in order to build the impression of our country. So when the time arrived, we were flooded with people coming to the... I mean, it's it makes good ad sense. Do you think you can make that good business sense? Yeah, I think there's two sides to it. There's There's the commercial side and there's the altruistic side. So where we started was the altruistic in that Australia is a generous nation and we have a lot to give. So we wanted to put out the highest quality content through social channels as people we knew were sitting all over the world, flicking through their social media streams, looking for a break from what they were seeing around them. And what we displayed was Australia just regenerating, physically regenerating after the bushfires, but actually just taking a time out actually, and around getting ready for more people to come and experience this in the future. So that was the first part. And then absolutely, as you start to move towards commercially, how you build brand to be top of mind. And they did a brilliant partnership that we were involved with uh, called Live From Oz, which was streaming through Facebook Live over a weekend to show off all the different parts. And let's remember, there are hundreds of thousands of tourism operators around Australia that are doing it tough at the moment. And they're looking for the national marketing body to say, help us out, help continue to shine a light on us and make sure that the funnel is being primed for when we can turn that back on when the flights start landing again. And and that's what they've been very focused on doing. And I think they've been brilliant at doing it. Ad spend, ad spend around the country, of course, it's, you know, fallen. Mm. Yes. <laughs> it's fallen quite dramatically. So not too many of us are winning the argument with the CFO. I'm going to ask you to be the CFO of an ASX company. So what advice would you give yourself? Look, I think if I'm, if I'm the CFO, and I'm going to say this because I'm a, I'm a creatively intrigued CFO, let's just say that. So if I'm looking at what I've done in my business probably over the last 12 weeks, I've probably pulled every lever I can. I've reduced the annual leave. I've shut down the offices. I've changed my supply chain. I've renegotiated my rent. I've done everything that's operational. So what have I got left? What's the only lever I've got? Well, it's going to have to be growth. And where's growth going to come from? It's going to have to be around creativity and the role that creativity can apply to my business. And and I would apply that to everything. What's the approach to how people are going to come back into the office? What's the approach to what our brand portfolio is going to look like in the future? Um, How do we be purpose-led? You know, I look at, it wasn't the CFO, it was the CEO, but Brad Banducci last week for Woolworths when he diverted executive bonuses to releasing shares to all the workers at Woolworths that have got us through this horrific period. I mean, fantastic. That's just purpose-led leadership. And so if I'm the CFO, I'm thinking, how do I go and make the small investments in that space? Because that's actually going to differentiate me moving forward. Now, they're not probably going to get there themselves and that's not their job too. And that's absolutely the job of of us, but advisors and certainly the, the CMO in particular to go and drive that narrative forward. And without going into detail, I've seen the role of brand and reputation hitting boards over the last 12 weeks, well, 12 weeks like I've never seen before, actually. So I'm hoping that as we go through what is no doubt going to be a very difficult period for the back half of this year and into next year as well, I'm hoping that the investment around creativity and around building brands will actually go up uh, and, and help us out of this period. So what's your sense on getting great creative work produced? One would think, that in a COVID period where everything is being shut down, where ad revenues are down, where people are trying to make savings, it must be tough to get good work made or am I wrong? Yeah, it is tough. It it is tough. Well, it's practically tough as well. It's been very difficult, obviously, to even go and produce original work over the last period of time and it's been uh, only a few examples of where where that's been delivered. 
But I think we've got to be we've got to be realistic. We've got to do more with less at the moment. We've got to use our channels in different ways. And I would say that the great brands are using their brand experiences to deliver it as much as investing in broadcast. Now, broadcast is cheaper at the moment. There's more opportunity there to go and land your brand. And that's the opportunity, right? That's absolutely opportunity. So there's great value to be had there. But how do you do that in conjunction with using your first party data? How do you going and having personalized messages? And what does it look like when you actually walk into a store or go onto that website? But that's one seamless experience. So COVID changes. You've discussed some of the stuff that's happened at the office. Well, in fact, you're not in the office. Everyone's working from home, as we all know those of us that are in the service industries, we've found it relatively easy, I think, to service clients virtually. Give us a bit of an insight on what you think is going to be long-lasting. Yeah, I think the nature of the office, and this has been well-documented, is going to change actually forever. I think actually structurally the, the notion of cities will start to change as well. Uh, I think people, many jobs have been identified as one that you're able to go and work wherever you want. So I think that's going to be a big shift for the future. I think you're going to have people probably moving into regional Australia more so than they would have done in the past. So you're going to have this dissemination of population going through those periods. I think there's going to have to be more investment around building culture than ever before because you can't just rely on people to be physically next to each other or going to the pub on a Friday night together. That'll obviously happen. And I'm one of these people that doesn't think that the world is completely blown up, that there's going to be a lot of those rituals which will continue into the future. Um, but I think physically how we live our lives will be different for quite a while. I think as it relates to our industry overall, that the push to social and digital in particular uh, will be absolutely accelerated. And I think the, the thinking and the innovation that's probably on 18-month cycles normally in a business is taking about 18 days. Uh, people are big, big organisations are very comfortable putting minimum viable products out there into the market, testing them, understanding them, and then rolling them out. And so for communications businesses like mine and ours, we're going to have to adapt to that. We're going to have to stay in front of that. Uh, and the only people that are in our offices at the moment are those that are engaged in sprints. People where we've pulled together four or five individuals and they're staying at their physically distanced, lawful state and they are running at brand problems uh, in a prioritised way. And so it's going to be a very, it's going to be a real strain on how we've showed up in the past, but I'm pretty excited about what it could look like in the future. So tell us about uh, MNC Saatchi and its engagement with media. So I know you have a media business as part of your portfolio. So tell us about that and tell us a bit about how they're advising clients in terms of ad spend and ad mix because mix, of course, is something which is difficult to get right. Yeah, absolutely. So we have Bohemia as part of the MNC Saatchi group and they're integrated across a number of our clients. They've been part of our group for for three years and uh, we're increasingly leaning on them for, I guess, the flow of data through our organisation and the understanding the quantitative understanding around how consumers are living their lives now and what they're engaging overall. Now, obviously, spent across every channel is down at the moment, uh, as I said, so there's, there's good value out there. How we're starting to advise is around how you start driving more sort of mid-funnel work to go and drive performance. So e-commerce in particular is clearly booming 
at the moment. And we need to have media around the right places at the right time. I think the next wave for us, and this is what we're talking about together with our media partners, is around the opportunity around personalized creative. Because if I look at a lot of the work out there at the moment, there's some pretty substandard work that's following us around through those channels that we're all very engaged with through this COVID period. What we haven't seen a lot of is that ability to go and take those big brand platforms and make them very relevant in those moments. And we talk a lot about this idea to content to commerce and how short that gap is now. And in the past, we'd have these long cycles before we'd go and buy something. Now it seems like we see something and we click and then a day later it turns up. So that's causing huge problems, but huge opportunities. And so as we talk to our clients is how do you go and leverage that? And as our clients have started to turn the tap back on around bespoke ordering, whether it be around furniture or cars or food, um, it's that short window between content and commerce that we need to hold on to the, the, the customer that we're going to go and leverage. I, I like the sound of that, Justin. I like the sound of actually tackling that mid-funnel as you talk about it and then helping, of course, clients get a sale because in the end, that's the business that you're in. That's the business that we're all in trying to help our clients get sales. And what we ought to be doing, of course, is trying to get them a sale at the minimum amount of cost. Uh, and this, again, has always been one of the great tensions between how the agency world operates, the media world operates, and the clients operate. How do we actually help them get a sale for the least amount of money is cause great concerns over, you know, decades. I'm thinking that now is the time that you can change that. Mm. Yeah, I think it is. And I think the, the proof's in the pudding. Uh, and, we're, and we're seeing it over and over. And you asked that question before us all around, if I was the CFO, if I was the CFO, I'd be looking exactly at those figures to, 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 to realise how efficient that is overall to be looking at my brand score saying, oh, okay, I'm delivering this, but also reputationally, my brand is actually driving value over here to, to my bottom line as well. And that's, that's very powerful. You know, we saw that through the, this period. Woolworths has, has absolutely won the everyday retail war. You know, we're the second most trusted brand uh, in the country again, uh, according to Roy Morgan. But excitingly for us, Combank has come back into the top 10. And at a time where they're going to have to go and support people through a really difficult recessionary period now. It's fantastic to work in a business that's actually being trusted there. And so they need to understand where those traditional sales mechanisms look like to how we can support them to getting into that, as I said, commerce to uh, content to commerce. As an ad watcher, it's been great to see ComBank. I I think you've done a great job with those guys. And it's awesome that they, and in fact, obviously for all the financial institutions in Australia, there's a real opportunity right now to do as you've done with ComBank, to build trust, to try and get some trust back into those brands. They obviously took, uh, have been taking some hits lately. So it's, it's good to see them not being shy. Yes, absolutely. And I, and I can't speak to our competitors, but certainly with the Commonwealth Bank, we've got this wonderful platform in CAN and uh, an opportunity. It's now CAN together. That's right. We can together. You now have CAN dot together. That's right, which I think was absolutely right for this period of time. So we're looking at what's, what's right moving forward for that business and what are the changes that we need to make moving forward in that space, just, just as an interesting point. So they, ComBank have always had a little-known feature on their app called Benefits Finder, which we recognised very quickly was going to become one of the most prominent things that people would be looking for. And how does a big institution like Commonwealth Bank become as trusted as the government or the news cycle to be able for people to go and understand what benefits they're available or entitled to through the government. So we very quickly got work out to show people and direct people to how they could go and leverage that service. 
Uh, and I think that was right for the time. But then we very quickly follow that up with the optimism of how we're all going to get out of this together. And so we're looking forward to that next chapter now. And, and, you know, that's why we work on these big brands, because we get to see society moving and how brands can actually lead them forward as well. So, Justin, you said at the top of the podcast that um, you build your clients' brands through ensuring that you've got the same platform and you're consistent, consistent with the platform, consistent with a Woolworths or an Optus or a Can and Combank. Now, I think I'm right in saying that MNC Saatchi's had a consistent platform. Brutal simplicity of thought. So, brutal simplicity of thought or brutally simple thinking is what I've written down. Um, I think that was from day one, day one, correct? Absolutely, Yes. So it is interesting, isn't it, to think about there's not very many agencies. Well, McCann Erickson comes to mind, which, of course, was Truth Well Told or is Truth Well Told, has been for probably, I'm going to say, 100 years. It's interesting, big, successful advertising agency brands that are true to their perspective, i.e. you need a single-minded proposition that you can build your business off. It's good to see an agency do it as well. So congratulations, Justin. Look, I think... um I can't claim all of that, obviously. I'm, I'm standing on some brilliant people that have come before me in this brand. But I, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, and at a time maybe more so now than ever where there's, it's such an unsettled world and there's uh, so much change that actually people are looking for stability overall. And certainly that's what we're trying to provide through our brands. Uh, and it's such an odd collection of words, brutal simplicity of thought, but it's amazing that it means more now than ever. So, Justin, congratulations on being the new CEO of MNC Saatchi. We appreciate you being on Brand New World and good luck in the coming weeks and months. Uh, we'll all be watching. See you, mate. Thanks for the chat. Thank you. Brand New World is a Podcast One Australia production. Produced by Dave Zwolenski and Matthew Dwyer.